Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Griffin Youngs. Hope you have enjoyed your week so far. Hope you have enjoyed the return of football, if you're a football fan. And if you're not, hope you are enjoying the fact that we are getting ever so closer to the NHL returning. The Avalanche have returned to their development camp as rookies like Newhook and Byram are on the ice along with the rest of the team. We will get into that more in the next episode. But for today... We will be continuing our Central Division rundown with Blues Fan Reacts to talk about the St. Louis Blues. This was actually a very, very fun conversation. Mason's just a real general blast of a guy to talk to, and it's always fun talking to the guys at the Toasted St. Louis Pod, even if it was just Mason for this one. And the Blues are going to be a very interesting story to follow, as we will get into during This episode could potentially be a team that flames out and disappoints. Also could be a team that could have a lot of things go right for them and could be a thorn in the Avalanche's side this season. I think think you guys will find a lot of what he has to say very interesting. This ended up actually being a pretty long uh, interview. So it was well over an hour and we got into a lot of topics during that time. So I hope you guys enjoy and... We'll talk more about development camp and everything that's going on with the Avalanche for Thursday's episode. So hope you guys enjoy the interview, and I will talk to you guys briefly after. All right, I am joined by Mason Blues Fan Reacts. Mason, welcome to the show. It has been an interesting offseason for the Blues, and we haven't seen each other since our inevitable playoff series. So uh, I never got to ask how you guys felt about that playoff series. Is that what you expected or was uh, that still lingering with you a little bit and no, it doesn't linger with me we're blues fans we're used to this it's fine yeah. no we don't we don't dwell on this kind of thing i mean absolutely deserved the series and they they, they won the series and they deserved it so i mean I, I i do have a bone to pick with some of your fans that are like taunting after you guys freaking swept us and a bunch of your fans were like in our dms like oh we're red free and your hands are so much better and you're like buddy just take your series win and go man like sheesh yeah sheesh. we knew we weren't winning that game we knew it blues fans do it 
Yeah, unfortunately, you'll find people like that in just about every fan base. But it's been a long time since we saw each other. A lot has yeah. happened. Uh, I mean, last time we talked, it was before that playoff series, if I'm remembering right. And yep. you guys weren't all that optimistic about your chances. <laughs> I was very optimistic about the avalanches <laughs> in that series and beyond. But neither oh, of yeah. our hopes really panned out either way. But uh, going into this season for St. Louis, you guys have had a surprisingly kind of busy offseason. Looking around the Central, I'd say one of the, the better offseasons in the division. Even though you guys didn't have a great season last year and a disappointing playoff run, what are the expectations like in St. Louis this year? Have they been raised a bit, or are you guys trying to stay reasonable or rational? Gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I want to address the first thing you said first. You said it's been a surprisingly busy offseason. This is a lot less busy than we thought it would be. We thought this was going to be an absolute like like moves every single day. Doug Armstrong making some ridiculous trade, you know, every couple days. You know, we thought that, hey, Doug Armstrong wants his team to be a contender. And at the end of the day, you know, our contention window is still open. You know, obviously, after this offseason, maybe we're questioning that a little bit. I mean. Uh, but, but going into the season, I asked the boys because unfortunately Wags and Tom couldn't be here to, uh, to state their piece. They texted me though, uh, what they thought. And honestly, everyone gave a different answer. Like we blues fans just genuinely don't know how the season is going to pan out. You know, if we think like Tom is thinking that we're still a playoff team, uh, I'm inclined to agree with him there, but he says it's pretty much a given first round exit. And I, I kind of agree with him there. Uh, Wags said it's, it's, it's just going to be ridiculous. You know, dude, Wags thinks that, you know, the, we're not going to even make the playoffs. And I'm inclined to agree there because our bottom six is just so terrible. I personally think that we're barely going to scrape in a wild card spot and then just not do anything after that. We're probably going to play the Avalanche. I mean, knowing our luck, we're going to play the Avalanche and lose in the first round again, you know. But uh, I, I I think, I mean, we got Brandon Sod, obviously, who former Colorado Avalanche, you know all about him. Uh, and then we got Pavel Buchnevich in an absolute fleece deal. But it just Great leads trade. me to wonder, like, yeah, I mean, it just leads me to wonder, like, what? Like, it, I thought Dark Armstrong was going to do something else. Like, obviously, two fantastic signings and great trades. But, like, what, what else is there? Like, is that all you're going to do? Right? So I think about, you know, while our top six is, six is j- definitely improved, even after, you know, Tarasaka rumors of him going, you know, obviously the Blues have uh, a fantastic top six better than last year's but our bottom six is just oh that's that's a concern because in 2019 we were able to roll all four lines this year can't do it you know and it was our ultimately our downfall last year is we couldn't roll four lines and Brube tried yeah i feel like uh a lot of teams have had that same gripe this off season. Like, oh, that was it. I mean, outside of a couple teams, outside of obviously Arizona, who has been oh doing goodness. stuff every single day, they have eight draft picks in the first two rounds. But uh, with mm. the Avalanche, uh, comparatively, we lost some players. We obviously lost Sod. We lost Don Skoy. We traded Graves. We made certain interesting moves, and we traded for Kemper. But it feels like. Me, especially, I was waiting for like that move to happen. Like, oh, here it is. Now that now everything's starting to come together. And it just it kind of never did. So I feel like we've all been kind of sitting in the same boat. But going back to the the Pavel Bushnevich trade for you guys, I think that's gonna probably be one of the best moves of the offseason for for any team. Who is even who is even the guy that went? I'm totally blanking on his name. Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay in a second, I believe. Second round second. Yeah. 
I have plenty of a Ranger fan friends. They were pissed. They were like, oh, so this is what this management group is going to be doing now. <laughs> they were they, like, they were like, okay, I'm maybe I just don't even watch next year. But with the Blues, I kind of inclined to agree on both fronts with you guys in terms of expectations. I think the, the central as a whole is going to have five playoff teams, which for the blues will look a lot better for them. I, I agree mm-hmm. that they would be towards the bottom of those five, but I do agree that they make it in at mm-hmm. the end. I'd say around that first or second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. I have, I have high hopes for, for Winnipeg and Dallas to take two and three in Minnesota to still be, quite good. The central is just going to be a good division this year. I still, yeah. I still feel like I like most of the other team's chances. I just did an episode uh, last time talking about worst case scenarios for the avalanche. And I looked at pretty much every team's opportunity to pass them if things went wrong for the avalanche. And there are pretty much every team except Nashville and Arizona has a chance for things to be going well for them. Mm-hmm. And even though I have Chicago, outside of the playoffs, there's definitely a way that they can get into the playoffs if things do go right for them. And with the blues, it's going to be a bit of a fight. And if things don't change from last year, because obviously we weren't in the best division last year and Mm -hmm. there were, it kind of seemed like the blues came on at the end, but struggled early on. If I'm remembering that correctly, it might in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, there I mean, there were rumors you guys were going to give us Hoffman at the deadline and everything. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, I remember oh, coming goodness. on for, I think I came on to your guys' show in the middle of the season to talk about some stuff like that. But it seems like things change towards the end, then it gets to the playoffs. And, I mean, sometimes what can you do? First round avalanche, unstoppable juggernaut. Second round, of sometimes we'll see otherwise. But uh, what do you, speaking of last season, was last season, do you think that was a like mirage, just certain things just weren't going well, players going cold, it's a COVID season and just nothing can work out well? Do you expect things to be a little differently this year or is that just going to be a sign of things to come? <sighs> Pains me to say it, but I think this might be a sign of things to come if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, you know, th- is this team really all that different than last season? I mean, other than Saad and... Bushnevich and then Hoffman gone and Schwartz gone is is this team really I mean if we think about it Saad is basically our replacement Schwartz now I think it's been pretty set in stone that that's why we decided to sign him um or he decided to sign with us because he knew he was going to get a bigger role here uh I I I genuinely don't know what the issue with this team is like I could have told you every other year like oh our defense wasn't that good our offense wouldn't wasn't clicking. Uh, we've had goaltending issues. I could have told you any other year that, hey, this specifically was our problem, and this is what we need to do if, to fix it. it. The Blues were just so all over the board last year. Like, I can't think of one specific thing or even a couple specific things that, like, truly was the reason for their downfall. They just weren't playing well. I mean, and how do you fix that? How do you think, is that a morale issue? Well, I highly doubt it. You got all these leaders in the locker room right now. I mean, you had a reason to win, you know, with uh, the death of the unfortunate death of Bobby Plager. I mean, you had the motivation to win. You know, you all knew that your cup windows were open. A bunch of players on that team knew that it was going to be their last year with the Blues most likely. So surely they'd want to give it their all, right? Like, 
I, it's just, it, it baffles me because I, I don't understand what happened last year. I've, I've kind of just written it off as an off year, but I did that the year before that, you know, I said, Hey, this was, this is just the one off year. You just won the cup. You're high and mighty. And then this unfortunate pandemic happens and you lose all your momentum going into the bubble. Okay. I can understand that. That's why I wasn't mad out after that season because it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm allowed to be mad. Right. right. Uh, and then last season, like, do I really want to take the route of, you know, I'm going to just write this one off as a, as a loss. Cause we just won the cup a couple of years ago. That's not what a winning team says. A winning team says, okay, we won the cup. Let's keep going. Let's keep going at it. Maybe after one season. Fine. Okay. You're always in a contention window in the next three years after you win a cup, right? Unless you're Ottawa. So, man, I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly what's wrong. Like genuinely, I, I, I just, I, I, I've told, I, I said it very clearly that I don't care who Doug Armstrong signs, as long as the people who he signs wants to win. And wants to bring a different mentality into this locker room. That's all I could think of. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to watch at certain points for last season because I, I kind of felt the same way. I came into the season with the with the West Division, Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis. That's going to be the the powerhouses of the division. St. Mm-hmm. Louis going into the bubble was still the top team in the West and it's hard to really take anything away from them kind of being the last crumbled quick. Yeah. The being the last champions from a normal season. And then (laughs) it kind of got halfway through the season. And I felt like I was just waiting for the blues to, to pick it up. And I feel like you guys were kind of saying the same thing at the time. Like we don't really know what the problem is here, but from an outside perspective, I think that could be something that just a certain mindset, certain, bounce back a turnaround then it could be pretty easily fixed i mean that also could stem like i feel like a lot of teams and individual players last year just had a hard time dealing with the the no fans and the covid restrictions and just just being such a strange season and maybe yeah maybe maybe the blues are one of those teams that just got strongly affected by it because i look at their roster i look at their depth and I truly don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's Stanley Cup no. contender, but I no. I see a playoff team here. And the the part of the roster I really like and I want to get to next is the addition of Brandon Sod. Now, I am not happy that the Blues of got Brandon Sod, especially <laughs> at the number and contract that they signed him to. I really wish the Avalanche found a way to keep Mm -hmm. him at the time even though i know it wouldn't have worked but the cap structure and everything we would have had to do other stuff and i just yeah i think keeping brandon sod around would have probably screwed you guys for the future generally especially at that term so yeah and i loved sod and i really wanted him to stay and he got less than i thought he was gonna get and oh me too I wish that we would have found a way to do it. And the thing I hate the most is that I actually really like the fit with him in St. Louis. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be very good with the blues. So what are you guys expecting out of sod this season? What kind of impact do you think he's going to have, especially now he's projected to be on the top line? Well, we've got, Oh, if he's projected on the top line, we're fucked. Like I'm just going to be straight. He better not be on the top line. He's definitely not a top line player uh, for us anyways. I mean, we have our top three pretty well set in O'Reilly, probably Perron and probably Shen, you know, if that's the line combination that has, we've seen in training camp already. So hopefully the blues continue at that. 
uh, you know, but I think Brandon Saad would be an excellent middle six guy. I mean, he's really going to provide some depth there. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine him on the second line, most likely. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we see a Saad Bushnevich line in the future. Maybe they have some chemistry that we don't know about. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're kind of expecting, you know, get us 20 goals, get us, I don't know, 20 assists. Let's let's get if it's a 40 point season over an 82 game pace, then I think we're happy with the addition. I mean, I've been pretty clear on the channel. You know, we know that he's not a super physical presence. He will get to the net and he'll fight in corners, but you know, he's not going to run around hitting people. He's not going to fight anybody. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a Brandon Saad fight, you know. So, uh, I don't know. It's just uh, that we, as long as he, you know, provides the depth that we need and provides kind of a you know, almost a young spark because I I didn't even know that he was only 28. Like I thought he was I, older than that. All I of thought he was season, a lot older yeah, than that. All of last season, I always thought Saad was older than that. He's just been around for a long time. Uh-huh. I mean, he's won two Stanley Cups. I think that just mm-hmm. makes people seem older than they right, are. Well, he won his Stanley Cup in 2013, so we're just like, yeah, oh, he, he must be old then because yeah, I remember him 15. being a household name in 2013. So. Yeah, he's been involved in three trades. I mean, he's been trading. He's been involved in a Blackhawks trade three times already. What yep. is this, his fourth team at 28? Yep. I mean, that just makes him seem a lot older than he mm-hmm. really is. Definitely. There was also points I thought he was younger than 28 because I just always remember really? that. I always just remember saw it at like 2015, just like, oh, that's the young guy from the Blackhawks who won the cup. And I just never considered that, oh, yeah, people get old. <laughs> oh yeah time happens that's yeah, right that's the thing that happens unfortunately but of course yeah. of course yeah i didn't think he was only 28 i mean i first saw this contract and i'm like oh my god we're gonna give a five-year no trade clause contract at a okay cap hit to someone who's like 31 or 32 and we're like oh no he's only 28 oh okay well this is fine then all right fine <laughs> Maybe yeah. maybe could go without the no trade clause. Obviously, uh, if you didn't hear, it's a first four years is a full no trade clause, and the really? fifth year I believe is a twelve year modified, or a twelve team modified no trade clause. So. And you are completely right on that. Yep, first four years no oh. trade clause and twelve team no trade list in the final year. So I mean, for the Avalanche, it's not. It wouldn't have been a great contract for them to have, especially yeah. not with. Burakovsky up this year and the McKinnon extension on the horizon and yeah, but he's going to take a discount surely. Yeah. All the things we're going to have to do in the, I mean, I would have taken that as a discount for sod already at Uh 4.5, but yeah, I think, I think your expectations for him are plenty reasonable with what he Mm -hmm. did in Colorado. He just, he was always the piece that kind of made this team feel like it was a step ahead of everybody. Cause now that he's not here, you can see the difference in, the avalanche's depth. He was always a, a real solid addition on that second line for us with Burakovsky and Kadri. There were times that he would go without a goal or a point for a little while, but he would always play well enough and hard enough that you never really notice. Sometimes guys go on slumps like Kadri was on a slump for most of last year. And there were times yeah, I'm was, really surprised. Yeah. I'm there were times that it was noticeable and on his other line mate Burakovsky, I mean, when he's hot, he's hot. But when he's cold, like you can tell that he's not playing well at all. Sod, like sometimes just the pucks just doesn't go in for him. And if the Blues do get to the playoffs, Sod is going to be a very, yeah, very. See, that is the other that. thing. I mean, that's that's why we're making so many Schwartz Sod comparisons is because Schwartz regular season, not a great player. He's a he's a voice in the locker room, obviously, and he'll go on these hot streaks. But for the most part, he's just kind of there for support. Once the playoffs come around, 
He's a totally different person, like yeah. totally different player. I mean, you saw in 2019, he uh, like Jane Schwartz should have won the con Smythe. Are you kidding me? Jane yeah. Schwartz absolutely should have won the, had, had a case for the con Smythe trophy. He just lit it up in those playoffs. And there were so many games where if he doesn't show up, the blues do not win that game. Right. Yeah, I mean, and ma- if- namely, I mean, the last two, the game five and game six against Winnipeg. I mean, no yeah. way we're winning those games without him. Yeah, I was I was literally oh. just about to bring those games up because I remember those so vividly as mm-hmm. well. I watched that game five against Winnipeg where he scored the winner with like 10 seconds left. 15 and he scores, seconds yeah, 15, to go. He scores the hat trick to oh, the only man. goals of game six to send them to the next round. And Saad, I mean, you look at his numbers, 15 goals in 44 games with us. I always thought he had more than that. But I guess shortened season, it would have been a lot more. And then yeah, sure. 10 games in the playoffs, he scores seven goals. Seven goals. And seven granted, goals and only one assist. Some, yeah, and only one assist. Granted, seven some goals. of them were a little lucky. Like the there was some, but who cares? I mean, there was goals one goal. time he just fired a shot from like the boards and Flurry just missed it. <laughs> and then he, fl- he flubbed a breakaway and it just went five hole on flurry as well in that Vegas series. I, I'm bringing up the, are you sure games. he flubbed it or was he pulling a He's, Nikita Kucherov 10,000 IQ play there? <laughs> as much as I would love to say he did, he definitely <laughs> flubbed that. One. His, his stick was almost at like mass height with flurry. <laughs> he completely missed the puck. I can't believe we got goals like that and we lost the freaking series. I'm still, I'm still bitter. About I can't that. believe you won the game one by that much and then still lost the series. I remember that I was on a, I was on a Twitter space with you guys like right after the game. I was like, oh my oh, yeah. god, we're so good, we're gonna win this series. <laughs> oh my god, I was freaking. I did a I did an episode right after the game, and then I was on the space with you guys. I was I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. We're gonna rush Vegas. And then we won the next game, and I was like, oh my god, we played terrible. Oh yeah, you did have a two nothing lead. Didn't yeah, you? and then we went to that. Vegas, and I'm like. This is this is good. This is fun. I'm having a fun time. I love hockey. It's so random. And then Vegas lost to Montreal, and nothing makes sense. Of course, ever. nothing makes but, sense. Nothing makes sense ever in in playoff hockey. Nothing ever. Teams that should not win win, yeah. except unless you're Tampa. Then yeah. you're Tampa. It doesn't apply to them. Yeah, Montreal goes to a Cup final, and now we're talking about <laughs> them like they're not even gonna make the playoffs, which they probably no, are not. It's funny. They're not. <laughs> they're like the worst team to make the final <laughs> in like a decade. It's just par for the course with last oh, season. Last, That's the, funny. The bubble in last year, that was all just one big fever dream. I mean, I'm looking forward to this yeah. season and covering a normal 82-game season. I was burnt oh, out yeah, me too. last year. Full fans, I'm going to a bunch of games. I mean, I never go to games because I just live so far away. I mean, I love it conveniently. The moment I move away from Seattle, they get a freaking NHL team. Like, that's just wonderful. But, I mean, I'm going to a bunch of games. You know, I'm going to a Blues game in Arizona. I'm going to two in St. Louis. I'm trying to go to one in Colorado, actually. Like, there's just so many, so many things, you know, I could, I could cover so much and it's going to be just so much fun seeing. It's going to be refreshing, honestly. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the blues kind of feed off of that crowd energy like they did towards the end. I mean, you notice, you know, you, you bring up the, maybe the lack of crowds and lack of, you know, festivities, if you will, you know, might affect this team. I mean, when the blues were getting hot, which was right at the end of the season there, there were lots of fans in the stands. So maybe you're on to something there. Maybe we get a totally different team, but my only thing is, you know, why didn't it affect any other team so much? I mean, I can't think of any other team that really 
honestly disappointed their fans quite like the blues last year. Genuinely, you know, I, I can't really think of it. Maybe Dallas, maybe Nashville, but I think the team uh, that comes to my head is Philly, especially <laughs> Carter Hart. I think he was hit the hardest with that. And oh, yeah. Philly was definitely one of those teams. I mean, there was, I felt, it felt like last year was kind of like in a weird way, like a, like a extended version of the bubble. Cause we ended up getting the mm-hmm. same kind of teams in the final four. I mean, we got, three of four and then Corey Perry on Montreal oh. and it, it all just, it felt kind of weird in, oh, I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but there are a couple no, you are. that no, were no. affected by, it. I think we're going to yeah. see a lot of changes in the, the standings so this year because I, okay, this is the point I'm getting at here between uh, 20, 1920 where the season was stopped and last season, it kind of felt like things stayed the same standings wise. A lot of the good teams kind of stayed up there. There were a couple teams that dropped a few spots, but still made the playoffs. The teams that made the playoffs felt relatively the same. It kind of felt like it went as expected. And mm-hmm. I feel like this season, once everything gets back to at least somewhat normal and fans are back and everything, I feel like we're going to actually start to see a little more regular season drama and just yeah. a lot more changes in the state. I think this is going to be one of the most drastic changes in like just powerhouses in the league that we're probably going to see in the last couple years and probably in the years to come i just can't wait to see tampa bay lose a first round playoff series like that'll be just a blast this year to watch i mean (laughs) who knows maybe like victor hedman has like a a foot injury or something that'll keep him out until the playoffs and then they just i don't know who else can they add at this point can they trade for eichel nobody yeah, they can't. They Eichel's can't trade for nobody. They don't have the cap room. They don't have the. They, don't they, have they really the don't have the assets yet. that they're willing to give up. So they don't have the cap room yet, but they will find a way. They will like find they a way, do. obviously, of yeah. course. But speaking of trade bait players with big cap hits, one of the big stories of this oh, offseason was Vladimir. <laughs> what a transition! What, a, what transition. a transition! You can tell I've been doing pr- this happy. for seventy-eight <laughs> episodes now. I'm That's somewhat, a good one. That's I'm a good a one. somewhat of a professional. But with, That's a good <laughs> with, one. <obviously>. Yeah. <laughs> with Tarasenko, one of the earliest rumors of the offseason was that he demanded a trade. He's exposed to Seattle. They don't take him. And much like the Eichel situation, it felt like a trade was always imminent every day until one day it just wasn't. And it kind of came out that he's probably not going to get traded. And then there was something with the Islanders and that mm. didn't happen. And now we're at this point where training camp is in a couple of weeks and Tarasenko is still a blue. And this story just hadn't really been talked about in a couple of months. So I'm curious as someone who's connected with the blues and knows what's going on, what happened here? And is anything else going to happen? Is Tarasenko just going to stay on the team? Is this going to be a mid season thing or what's going on? Well, a lot of trade rumors came out, you know, obviously at the beginning, the first stages of the offseason, a lot of rumors came out. It's like, oh, you know, he's disappointed with the management. And then the next day it was, oh, he's disappointed with the doctors. And this one is, oh, he's disappointed that Armstrong didn't make enough moves to make us a competitive team. And it was just a different excuse every single day. And so it was getting kind of hard to follow. I mean, I could totally understand why he would request the trade. I mean, you know, the Blues have been pretty disappointing the last couple of years, and it's obvious that Tarasenko's trying to give it his all and is just frustrated because he can't get in the lineup because he's freaking injured, right? 
So I, I, I can understand where he's coming from. And I, I was going off of, and I think all Blues fans were going off of, um, you know, Jeremy Rutherford, which who is our insider for the athletic, you know, he, he knows freaking everything, right. You know, he knows what Braden Shen had for lunch three days ago. I mean, this guy knows everything, all the ins and outs about the St. Louis blues. And when he came out with that, we just kind of accepted that as face value. But now I think of it, I mean, you, you see, Tarasenko's like participating in training camp right now. Well, not, it's not technically training camp right now, but it's just, you know, basic skates with the boys. I mean, you can see, I mean, he's got, he's laughing with the guys and everyone's having a good time, you know, pre-skating. I mean, like I, it just kind of leads us to believe, like, is he really that, does he really hate the blues that much that he's going to these practices like so early and, and hanging out with the teammates and, you know, obviously having fun. I mean, maybe it's a face for the media. I don't think so. But people are saying that, oh, he's just put it on a face. He really doesn't want to be a blue. So I think it, I I personally think a deal does get done before the offseason. I mean, there's still we're still a month away. Well, less than a month away, probably three weeks away now. I mean, there's still time for him to, you know, maybe have a deal worked out. But I mean, it, it, it's a matter of I mean, the fans certainly don't want him gone. I don't think because he. He's still, you know, he's a young player too. He's only what 30 or 31, I'm pretty sure. 29. Uh 20. Oh, he's so he's not even in his 30s. So he's still got plenty left to give there. So I mean, it's just it's just I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like if if Teresico wants to have a resurgent year, he's gonna have it. Now, whether that's what the blues or not, I mean, who knows, but is he really going to want to be begrudgingly given to a team that probably doesn't want him? I mean, how many, th- I mean, I know the avalanche don't want him probably right. You guys don't want well, him. We'd, we'd have to make a couple moves to, I don't know. to make that work. But, but I'm thinking personally, like if you had the opportunity to have this injured Vladimir Tarasenko, would, would you really want him? I think that's been the holdup for most teams with the the exactly. 7.5 cap hit. I mean, obviously the Blues don't want to retain salary unless they're getting nope. some kind of asset in return. Mm-hmm. And that's been the thing, especially not just with Tarasenko, but with Eichel is the health of this player. I mean, it's you can just look at Tarasenko's numbers and see where he's he just hasn't been the same. He wins the Stanley Cup in 2019. He's fantastic in that regular season with 68 points, and then he plays 10 games the next year and 24 the year after that with 14 points. And do you really want to take that? I mean, no team's going to pay that high of a price to, for potential damaged goods at a high cap hit. And it seemed mm-hmm. like Doug Armstrong and the Blues wanted a better package than what was being offered for Tarasenko. So I don't think this is anything close to like a, a Matt Duchesne situation no. with the Avalanche a couple of years ago. I think that this is just my personal opinion with absolutely no insights on the situation. I don't think Tarasenko, I think they've kind of worked it out a bit. And maybe if there's an opening at some point down the line in the season, I mean, if the blues are good this year, like if things are working out and they're going to be a playoff team, I mean, winning solves everything. Tarasenko is not going to be like, I hate it. I hate it so much here. Get me out of here mid season. And right. and if the Blues are not good and they're tanking towards the bottom, he's probably just going to get traded anyway. So right. it might be a situation that just gets revisited at the end of the season. Because you look at teams that have the, the cap space to even fit a full 7.5 Tarasenko, it starts at the Rangers, really. It's Seattle, mm-hmm. they might just barely be able to do it. They have like, they're $7,000 over the 
mm-hmm. to whatever they would take for them to fit him. It goes the Rangers, right. Blue Jackets, Canucks, like teams like that. Like maybe the te- a team that made sense was the Devils kind of, but that made sense maybe, to me. Yeah. The Devils and Islanders made the most sense to me, but the Devils have 12 million in cap space. So if there is a move there, it would probably it's gonna be them. Yeah. Probably would. But the here's Devils. the other interesting thing. Uh, is, you know, we're talking about all these rumors that have come out. Like he's disappointed with all these things he's disappointed with. The most popular one was he was frustrated with the medical staff. Yeah. Uh, so this came out in the last week, but it was on Instagram. I don't know if you've heard this, but someone on not. Instagram uh, was replying to uh, Tarasenko's wife, actually, on Instagram. Uh, and she said, I'm so sorry about Vladdy's experience with this medical treatment here. I hope he does not have an ill effect on how you feel about the fans here. We have loved the time that your family has spent here and called St. Louis home, but we will be fans of your family. No matter what happens, I have enjoyed watching your family grow over the years. Thank you. And then she actually responded and she said, just want to thank you all. Whatever happens, we appreciate your support. We love St. Louis and its people. We also thank the doctors and medical workers. And then she says, hashtag stay away from the media. This is Tarasenko's wife very interesting and she's made it a point to say we thank the doctors and medical workers and she says that she loves st louis and the people so very was there something that else is, that, yeah it interested me as well that like, is news really? to me because i because i always ran with the assumption that they completely biffed his his surgeries because he had to get two right they they, three. Got, they gave the three wow so and he got that first surgery and it didn't fix anything. If anything, it made it worse. Then they had to fix what was the original problem and that didn't do anything. And the third one, I don't really know what happened with the third one. So I just ran with the assumption that like, he was mad that like, Hey, you guys kind of screwed with my career. Like, Mm -hmm. and now I can't play as well anymore. Get me out of here. So that's very interesting to hear. I mean, if if that's worked out, then I don't see much of a reason as to why there would be a divorce here and the two sides would move on from each other. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if that gets worked out, I can definitely see Tarasenko stay. I mean, and he, he's been in St. Louis his entire career, which has been yes. a while now. And it's not Let's easy see, to just since 2010. Yeah. So Yeah, and it's not easy to just uproot yourself and move mm-hmm. to a new place, especially this close to training camp. And then you got to get used right. to a new team and he's got a family and everything that that part kind of gets ignored from players mm-hmm. a lot of the yeah. time that like yeah these players have families play. and livelihoods they don't choose you know places they get traded just because hey whoever wants me to play hockey for them and i'll play hockey for them there's a lot of like research that you have to do i mean you hear about petrangelo i know this is a sore spot for blues fans out there but petrangelo went to vegas three different times just to kind of you know scout out you know what it's like to be there how what if it's a nice, you know, area, if it's a good place to raise his kids, because he's got three freaking kids, you know, like there's a lot of thought that goes into it that people just don't realize. People need to just understand that these players are people too. Like if, if I was traded, if I'm a player and I'm traded somewhere, like obviously I'm doing my research on that place. I'm just not moving just to play. There's a reason why, you know, t- players, I feel like it would be more exciting if they moved, you know, one team every single year kind of thing, right? Go to a different team every year, just sign one year deals your entire career. But like, it's not practical, you know? And that's why players don't at the end of the day, don't like being traded, you know, because it's just, it's, it's a life decision ultimately. So I think people just need to kind of back off and whatever happens, happens. I mean, don't pester, you know, the, I've, I've, there have been stories of like media pestering, like other blues players saying like, what do you think about all these shares? Single trade rumors. Like, you don't say that 
Yeah, and no, that's, like, that's they don't disgusting. Know. Yeah, they don't know. Like, do you think they're in Doug Armstrong's office, like it's a lecture hall, and just taking notes right. on all the the trade calls he has with other teams about Tarasenko? They don't know. They're just trying to get ready for to play the freaking game. Like, no one knows what's going on, and I feel like fans take it very personally when players mm-hmm. demand trades and when anything happens. This yeah. guy, the trader, doesn't care about the city. We've done so much. Oh, we for him. see like, that with Petrangelo to this day. It's it's. We with see everything. people in St. Louis. We see St. Louis fans like the last. I I couldn't before the Cup win. I could not understand why people didn't like Blues fans. I mean, we've never done anything to anybody. We're not loud. We're not rambunctious. After the Stanley Cup win, out the window immediately. Like there was just a total shift in the blues fandom. And I don't know if it's just a bunch of like new fans hopping on board the, you know, the blues train or whatever, but it's just like, we're we're, the way that we treated Alex after he left, people were calling him a traitor. People were like, really? Like, come on. He's like, he, you know, that he wanted to stay in St. Louis. It was Armstrong who didn't make that deal happen. It wasn't Petrangelo. Yeah. I mean, he didn't twist Armstrong's arm for yeah. play of words there, but he didn't make him trade for Justin Falk and sign him to that right. big extension. Like that wasn't his exactly. Fault. And like if what's... you want to be mad at someone, be mad at Doug Armstrong. Don't be mad at Petrangelo. He's not a traitor, and I wish him well, as I wish any player, even if Tarasenko leaves. You know, even if all these rumors are true and Tarasenko just hates the city and can't stand it and absolutely despises his teammates and hates the medical staff. Even if that's the case and he goes to another team, I still wish him well, like, because he did so much for this organization. And I feel like that's how we need to treat players going forward. Just don't be mad that they left. Be happy for the time that they were there, especially if there's a cup involved there, especially Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You've got the Stanley Cup patch on the, the top left corner of your screen there. Petrangelo was the guy that lifted the cup with the, the confetti and the fireworks going off in the background. Tarasenko, big part of that, too. They can At that point, you can do whatever you want, in my eyes. You win a cup for my city, and you want to yeah. leave the next year. I mean, you can Go come to it. my house and punch me in the face, and I wouldn't care. Like, <laughs> you want a cup. That's all. That's what you're here to you do. You want a cup that's for me. It's paid to do. Yeah. I'd be and, honored. I would be honored. I'd have you sign the bruise. I'd be honored to have you. Yeah, I'd get it. Face. I'd get the whole bruise tattooed on there. Like <laughs> do whatever you want. And I mean, Vegas offered him 8.8 for seven years, full no movement clause. And it's, it's Vegas. He clearly wanted to go there. What's he going to do? Say no, especially if the blues weren't offering him that kind of money. And Vegas clearly mm-hmm. wanted him. Yeah. He wanted a no movement clause. Armstrong said, no, I don't think you deserve it. And Petrangelo was, no, I think I do. And yeah. then Armstrong's like, fine, then I guess this is it. Yeah, and that's and, what went but, down. But Justin Falk gets one, though. Justin Falk gets a, well, he got a no trade clause. He didn't get a no movement. Armstrong yeah. flat out does not do no movement clauses. He will never sign one. Yeah, it's, it's just one of his, right. it's one of that's his true. things. Although yeah. he'll give no trade clauses to everybody. Just no movement clauses. Ooh, nope. Nope, won't do it. That's I mean, where we draw the line. Okay, good to know, Doug. Good to yeah. know. I never, I never fully understood that situation of just not ponying up for Petrangelo, the the Stanley Cup winning captain of your team for the first time in history. Like, you just, you just I'm find just a, shocked. you just find a way to get that done, even if he's 38 and not that good anymore. You still find a way to keep that guy on your team because that that's just a part of so your too. history. And yeah, but at the end of the day, if Petra wanted a no movement clause, I wouldn't be willing to give him one. 
if I'm Doug Armstrong. So I kind of, I agree. I sort of agree with Doug Armstrong there. But I mean, this guy's your captain and heart and soul guy. I'm sure, you know, if we, I don't know, if we maybe bring the AAV down a little bit, I'd be willing to give a no movement clause. But whatever happens, happens, man. It's just what it is. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Interrupting to tell you that the Teledabs It Is podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. That's right. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 2 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. And if DraftKings is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now, back to the episode. Speaking of other good transitions, moving on to maligned players in St. Louis that get a lot of flack. Do you think Mm -hmm. that Jordan Bennington is the goalie that can take this team to the Stanley Cup again now that he's got his long six-year extension. And we talked about this actually back when you guys had me on a while ago that when he signed this six-times-six deal. Do you believe that Bennington is the guy that's going to help take the Blues back to the Stanley Cup, or does he need more help? He needs so much more help. Like, I'm so worried. (laughs) I'm so worried about that. I mean, obviously Bennington was a great, goalie for the last what two three years now last season was brutal for him and i don't think it i don't think you can fully blame him 100 percent, but because the defense wasn't wonderful last year but man if you're getting paid that kind of money you got to be better man you have to be better like obviously the playoffs i thought biddington was fantastic and was i fun. think that's something yeah. that you can expect in the playoffs before that wasn't wonderful but this year's playoffs, I thought he was fine. You know, yeah, I thought he was not the more than fine. You know, he was far. No, yeah, far from the reason we lost. Far from the reason. But, yeah, you got to be better. I mean, this is a first year, by the way. That was an extension. So, that yeah, contract doesn't take effect one. until this year. So, it is this year and then the next five after that. Uh, I can't even actually. Let me look that up because I don't know if he has a no oh, no I have trade it right clause. in front of me he, he has a no trade clause he does have a no yeah, trade clause. first okay. three years no trade clause and in the last three years oh that's right 18 team that's no right. trade list i remember that yeah so he does have those that full no trade for the first three years which i guess first three years i mean that's fine and then modified ones so it makes me feel a little bit better especially after like all these no trade clauses that armstrong's been giving out to players like freaking candy lately i mean i think of just the first three years, full no trade. I think that's fine. 
you, you can find a way to move. And if anything from this Terracycle saga has, has taught me anything is that no trade clauses doesn't mean anything if a player doesn't want to play for you. So, right. Yeah, uh, if they I want mean, to get traded, a no trade clause means nothing. It only means something if they don't want to be traded. And if you want to I trade think, them, why would they want to stay? I think that the Blues, if I'm Doug Armstrong, if I'm the GM of the Blues, I'm going to sign Biddington to like a three-year maybe $8 million average annual value. I'm not doing a six by six. You know, I'm giving him a little more money up front to kind of keep him motivated to keep playing well. But the other thing is that after those three years, we have two really good goalies in the prospect system right now, and that is Joel Hofer and Colton Ellis. And Colton Ellis has just broken multiple QMJHL, like, records last year in shutouts and win streaks. So he's been just outstanding. And then Joel Hofer, obviously – 2018 world junior champion with uh with team canada so we have two very good goalies in the prospect system there so you i want to see them shine in the future rather than this older goaltender in jordan bennington so that's what i'm thinking which by the way jordan bennington congrats on your engagement wonderful it's wonderful you got engaged last week so good for him it's the only time it's the only the second time i've ever seen him smile the first time was when he lifted the cup that's it never seen him smile since even then, it was just a smirk. Now he's got two rings. That's true. He's got two rings. Well, he gave one ring to, so he has a net ring of zero now because he <laughs> yeah. got one and then gave one. Very true. Yeah, and I I agree with more AAV for less term. When I was when I was talking about Grubauer before he ended up going to Seattle, I was not a fan of giving him a Grubauer like deal, which is pretty much exactly what he got in Seattle mm-hmm. for pretty much just the reason that goaltending doesn't make any sense and it's voodoo <laughs> bullshit. It like it, yes. it changes year by year. You look at Martin. My my thing was you look at Martin Jones in San Jose. He's great. Yes. He's great in the playoffs. They go to a final, even then they lose in the first round the next year, but he's still very good. He signs an extension year one of that extension kicking in. He is the worst goalie in the league just for (laughs) no apparent reason. And I would have been okay. I mean, I know this obviously wouldn't have worked, but with the salary cap this year, I would have been okay with keeping Grubauer at a higher price for, like you said, three years, (laughs) because locking yourself into a goalie, especially like one that's not named Vasilevsky, you're asking for trouble. I mean, you're locking such up a, a risk. Goalie. Anything yeah. over four years is such a risk. You know, I think four years is a risk. Genuinely yeah. three years. If it doesn't pan out. Oh, well, you got two years left. If, if Jordan Bennington sucks this year, you're stuck with him for five more years. Right. Right. So it's, it's goaltending. You're right. Goaltending is just such voodoo bullshit that we just, it's different every single year. Different goalies play differently. It's just, it's so weird. And I just, I wish, I wish that teams would start, you know, signing goalies to lesser term, uh, but a higher value. Cause I think that would benefit the goalies more than anything because the goaltenders are going to play better because they're getting paid more. Right. And then they know that their future with this team is not set in stone, you know, so it's going to motivate them to play a lot better. And then, Hey, you'll get another one with higher AV and you're ultimately going to get more money at the end of the day. If that's what they're after, you're getting more money at the end of the day. So. I just, I hope, I, I, I really, really, if Jordan Middleton is 75% of what he was in 2019, I'm okay with this deal. But the odds of that happening through for all six years, especially after last year, it's such a question mark. It's yeah. such a question mark. And I think it was way too risky. And I still think that. Yeah. And with Bennington, I kind of have him in the same vein as like a, a Matt Murray back when Pittsburgh won 
back-to-back cups. There, there's yeah, just this thing that fear. happens. Yeah, there's this thing that happens with goalies sometimes in the league. Younger guys that have been developing Tristan for a while. Tristan Jarry this year. Yeah, they, they come into the league. They're capable of stopping NHL shots. Teams don't have footage on them and know how to beat them. And with Matt Murray and Bennington, I think that was a big factor in helping them win cups. Teams didn't really know how to beat them. It took Murray to two, took Bennington to the Blues' first cup. And then they're in the league for a full year, and teams get footage on them. With Murray, it was just shoot glove, and you'll beat them. And Mm -hmm. teams eventually figure them out, and then they slowly just taper off into being... After getting a six-by-six contract by a team a la Matt Murray, and then we all know how wonderful that deal looks right now. And it's yep. only year one. Yep. And year even two. Then he year was, two. Yeah, he was dropping off in Pittsburgh even before then. Like you said, Tristan Jari, he came into the league capable of stopping NHL shots. Teams finally figured out how to beat him, and then he is like the sole reason that the Penguins didn't get past the Islanders in the first round. So, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I just if, – if Matt Murray is any tell – on how Jordan Bennington is going to be. Like, we are fucked. Yeah. It is not going to be fun. No, we're dead. We're done. Like, we're just go for, go for freaking Connor Bedard in in the year after next year's draft. Like, just tank right now because, uh. Yeah, a lot hinges on. Jordan Bennington. I mean, if he's good, uh, I think the Blues will definitely make the playoffs. If he's not, then we're fucked. Yeah, there's there's going to be, I think, at least a, a somewhat decent team in the Central missing. Yeah. I have it as Chicago because mm-hmm. as, as much no, moves as they made. Yeah, as many moves as they made. I don't know if Flurry is going to be as motivated in Chicago as he was in Vegas. I might be completely wrong on that. And Seth Jones is not good, and they signed him to was I think already a top five worst contract in the no, league. No, it's the worst contract in yeah. the league, I think. I think yeah. it's the worst. Yeah, definitely worse. Hasn't even played a game, and I think we can say it's, that. It's not, it doesn't even certainty. start this season. <laughs> it kicks in the season after this oh, season, boy. 9.5 for 8. I was talking about that with uh, Jeffrey Fink of Water Hockey when we were talking about Heiskanen and Makar. That's, oh. They're both going to hit the free agent market, UFA, before Seth Jones does again, which – because he's, he's going to be Nuts. in Chicago for nine years. And nine in Gamble cars in the abs for eight by nine, isn't it? It's, I, I think it's six. I always forget. Is it a this. six by nine? Oh, it's wow. It's a six by, I always get this one wrong for some reason. It's a six oh, wow. by I, nine. It's not eight. Yeah, it's six okay. by nine. So six if we bought, okay. we buy one year of UFA and he'll be locked up long before that. I mean, it's that's a that's a problem for 2026, six years of down course. the line. Like, I'm not even uh, mad. That's I, I honestly I think mean, nine millions of steal for him. I, I genuinely say, that's what I talked about. I think about. nine millions of steal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about right after the the Jones contract and Wierenski and Nurse got their deals like. McCarr has gone from the third highest paid defenseman to the like the the seventh highest paid defenseman in like a week, Unreal. and he's on Unreal. that contract for six more years, where he's probably going to win at least a couple Norrises during of that course. time. And oh yeah, it's, it's funny. It's it must be great having a player that you could confidently say, "Oh, this guy's winning the Norris in a dude, couple of years." Now that must so be nice. a great feeling. It's honestly, it's so nice. McCarr then you got Nathan McKinnon, who's pretty much a lock for at least one more Hart Trophy, at least. Yeah, I I, I was ranting last episode. I was I'm still mad he didn't beat Drysital for that Hart Trophy in the. Oh, I think McKinnon deserved it. 
he 100 absolutely deserved it. deserved it and it, it's such a shame that he hasn't dry not even the best heart candidate on his own team i was met mcdavid missed like seven games that entire season and dry was good in those seven games and while well, he scored Nuts. the most points and won the r4 gets the the entire the heart trophy and mckinnon Nuts. was missing rantanen and landis gog and several other injuries throughout the season and put and the team on his back and had like i don't was it was like a 40 point difference between him and the next four. The next highest scorer on the team was McCarr in his rookie year. And then it was Burakovsky on the forward side under him in his first year as an avalanche. And McKinnon got second. Unreal. Actually, I don't even know if he got second. That might have been Panarin, but I don't remember exactly. But it's unreal because McDavid, as long as he's good, is going to win the heart every single year. It's going to, for McDavid, for McKinnon to win it, he's going to have to have an absurd year. And mm-hmm. McDavid is going to have to like get injured, unfortunately, because McDavid is <laughs> a lock to win every single time. And yeah. it's dumb. I'm still mad about it. In case you couldn't tell. It's oh, a- no, I, I agree oh, with no. you. No, I'm mad as well. I think it's either Panarin or, or McKinnon who deserved it. And I'm leaning towards McKinnon. I wouldn't McKinnon's have a weird. I didn't realize how weird me. he was though. I didn't think he was that, uh, that weird of a player, but he is, I guess. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have had Dreisaitl in my top three. I would have had Hellebuck there. Me neither. Dreisaitl probably doesn't hit my top 10, if I'm perfectly honest. <sighs> yeah. Like, it's just... We Maybe he does, but it's just it, barely. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, but not enough that over McKinnon, Panarin, and Hellebuck. That was... It's such a sham. I feel like I talk about it like every other episode. No, but you're right, though. You yeah. are right to be mad. Yeah. It's just complete... An utter robbery and the, the Taylor Hall one too. Dumb. McKinnon should have won that one. That was dumb. Yeah. In but, what universe? In what universe? And like I even then I understand that one more than Dry I thought McKinnon should have had the ed- I mean the, the Avalanche were last in the league the year before. And then McKinnon turns into one of the best players in the world, and they're suddenly back in the playoffs. And that's apparently just a coincidence because Taylor yeah, Hall's to play in Canada, I guess. So he gets the the Canadian votes. Yes, of course, of course, as as it usually is. It's, it, it, you know, it's not rigged or anything. Don't worry about it. No, not at all. Don't ever question the integrity of the NHL. No, never, or Norris you'll get fined $250,000. No. Here's your Norris Drew Doughty, by the way. Don't worry, these awards are legitimate. <laughs> these, these awards are legitimate and totally not, you know, predetermined or anything. You're You're fine. No, but get, getting back onto the blues here a little bit because this is what I'm this is what I'm good at on my show. I get very off topic and then I have to slowly veer myself back on the course. But we kind of talked about this a little bit. But what is your biggest concern with the blues heading into this? Is it <laughs> goaltending? Goaltending. Okay. Goaltending is 100% the, the, my biggest fear. You know, because I mean, we've seen every single one of these forward members uh, with the notable, very notable exception of Zach Sanford. We've seen them all pull their weight last year. And Bennington is just a total wild card. I mean, if the team is wonderful and Bennington sucks, we're screwed. Like the, the goal, goaltender is just such an important part of, of teams nowadays. And it's such an important part of the NHL. Like you could change the name of, of the sport to goalie and it and it works right because it's freaking everything hinges on goaltending nowadays and i think that if Bennington sucks this team this team's future is in serious jeopardy and we need to start making some big moves yeah as i was 
I, I, like I said, I, I inclined to agree with being mm-hmm. the most important part. I mean, I was looking at the, the defense a little bit depth. I'm not totally crazy about, I do like the blues scoring depth. I think I like their depth a little more yeah. than you do, but I mean, I, I mean, maybe I just really like Robert Thomas, but. Oh, I love Robert Thomas. Everybody yeah. loves Robert Thomas. Just freaking, can we sign him already? Like, what is I the holdup? He's still unsigned. That's a weird thing that's been happening this offseason. What's, a lot of what's the holdup here? If this turns into a William Nylander thing, I'm deleting my channel. Like, I'm just straight, straight up. <laughs> if this is a William Nylander kind of kind of situation, I'm, I'm dropping off the face of the earth and moving into the woods. And the thing with that is, like, he's only the, like, the seventh highest scorer on the RFA list. That still is unsigned. I mean, Kaprizov, Hughes, Kachuk, Dalin, Yamamoto, and Elias. Oh, is Pedersen. Hughes still not signed? Yeah, both him and Dang. Pedersen are still unsigned. Oh so, shit! So uh, well, it's Vancouver, so I don't, yeah, it's Vancouver. The it's Vancouver, only so it's expected, but I mean, free agency. But I don't expect that out of freaking St. Louis. Like, come on, you're better than that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Thomas. I'm less worried about that. I think I think they're gonna find a solution before Robert Thomas is a future captain of this team. Mark my words. Wow, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Yep, I think it will be the future captain. I've always I've always particularly liked Robert. Even before he got drafted, I always just liked watching him play. I think he's a an excellent player. I agree. He's gonna be a big part of the Blues in the future. He's still For only sure. twenty one, which is weird. I feel like he's been around a lot longer. Yeah, he's young, and he's gonna get so much better. He's gonna the the thought of how Robert Thomas is gonna be in a couple of years just excites the freaking hell out of me. I feel like we get that with Alex Newhook a little bit now too. Uh-huh. He's gonna be in his first full season this year. I'm excited to see what Newhook can do because with the oh, yeah. abs after we lost Sod, we can still tie this into the conversation. We lost Sod and Donskoy, and really our only two options to replace them on that wing are Comfer or Newhook, and I think it's gonna be Newhook. And he's still only 20. It's New Hook. I mean, and if New he... Hook reminds me a lot of, let's see, who does he remind me of? He reminds me of like really early on Milan Lucic when he was really good. Really? When he was with the Bruins. That's who New Hook reminds me of. That's an interesting comparison. I've never heard that. So, but I, I just remember every time we played against him, he was hitting everything that moved. So. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a big drive to play. I mean, his first NHL goal came in game three against St. Uh-huh. Louis just on a, a Bennington rebound. But I think he's going to be a big part of this team in the upcoming season. There's gonna And the second line kind of hinges on him being really good because if, he, <laughs> if he's still adjusting to the league, then we're probably going to have to have Comfort on that second line. And I don't think he's going to still be adjusting. He was already very good immediately. When he came into the league and the line of mm-hmm. Kadri, Burakovsky, and Newhook is probably going to be really good. But that that's just my one concern, just that one hole on the the left wing because you guys took sod from us, you freaking jerks. Yep, we're just the worst. I know. Yeah. Blame, blame the message. I'm just the messenger, my friend. Yeah, and first time we're going to see you guys this season is the second game of the year for us on October the 16th at home. And second time will also be in October on the 28th in St. Louis. How do you think the matchups are going to go between the Avalanche and the Blues this upcoming season? Because I think we've, we've had the worst of them. I think those have come to pass with the 
aforementioned eight nothing game and a four nothing <laughs> series sweep. The Avalanche oh, have lost a few pieces, and the Blues I think have gotten a little better. So, mm-hmm. do you see the the matchups being closer this season? Do you think the Blues can be a thorn in the Avalanche's side, or do you think the Avalanche are still just too good? Well, I'm looking at the Blues opponents that those two weeks. All right, so. Uh, Our first meeting on the 16th, uh, the Blues have a bye week. Like, it's the second week of the season. Wait, So, yep, so the last last Blues game before the Colorado game is October 8th against Columbus. So we have a nine-day break in between those two games. Oh, you guys are opening the season against us. I did not know that. (laughs) No, we're not opening. No, we have one, two, three, four, five games. So we'll get two against Chicago, Dallas, no, I'm, Minnesota, I'm at, Columbus. I'm, no, you're looking at the exhibition schedule. That's preseason. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, you're yeah. right. No, screw me, I guess. Don't worry about me. Yes, yes, we are opening against you. That is correct. October the 16th. I was, yeah, was... I didn't see that. I, oh, man, I'm an idiot. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so that is still preseason. So, I mean, the first game of the year, uh, just like last year, I mean, the Blues came off to a really good start. And then obviously the next game, they got freaking pummeled, you know. So I, I think Colorado wins that first game just because if you look at the two rosters, it's no contest. I, I, I just feel even if it really stands on his head, I don't think there's, there's a contest there. Plus, with all the new faces there and all the old faces that have left, I think that, you know, the obviously the line gelling isn't going to be there yet, especially not at the first game of the season. Uh, and the next time uh, is after we play Los Angeles twice in a row. So we'll be used to this crappy Los Angeles team. And then all of a sudden, oh, here's the Colorado Avalanche again. Oh, well, let's hope we don't get absolutely screwed by them. Because knowing the Blues are going to lose both games against Los Angeles. So... It'll be like being in the West Division all over again. Oh, yeah. It's going to be just like that. That, yeah. that is absolutely correct. I, know, I think it was like the first 10 games of the season, the Blues traded, so they won, and then they lost, and they won, and they lost, and they won, and then they lost, and they won, and they lost, and they won, and they lost. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it went last year. So Yeah, and I'm, I just get so happy looking at the schedule again and see, like, Washington and Florida oh, yeah. here in Tampa, like – yeah, we have two games against the Blues and one against Vegas and one against Minnesota. It's half of our schedule is against teams we played last year, but it's just so good to see other teams mixed oh, yeah. finally. I might not watch another Coyotes game for the rest of my life. I don't want to watch that <laughs> team ever again. Me neither. Nope, me and you are the same. I mean, yeah, you think you had a bad – we played them seven times in a row. I know. You had a, you had a playoff series against them in the we, middle. We had a playoff series and lost. Oh, man. I'd, if it was a playoff series, it was Arizona going up three games to one. We get the next two, and then they win in the game seven. I remember that. I remember like the my draft game. It was just lineup. so boring yeah. saying the same thing over and over again after it for the videos after those games. It was boring saying the same thing over and over again. I can imagine. I mean, you guys have four meetings with them spaced out the entire year. It's probably going to feel weird. Like, what do you mean we don't play the Coyotes again the next game? Isn't this how this usually works? Just wild. Yeah. But to to wrap up the conversation here, I think I've taken up enough of your time already, but how do you see the the Central Division 
shaking out as a whole from from one to eight? And how do you see the Avalanche and Blues stacking up at the end? Avalanche number one. Okay. I think that's pretty much a given. I think Avalanche is is number one. Uh, I think. Let's see. Number two is probably going to go to. Um, this is the hardest one, I think. Who number two? Because I don't want to say Minnesota. Because I don't think they'll do. I don't think they'll be number two. What is what it's ultimately going to be is Colorado is going to be so far up there that nobody else is going to like come within twenty points of them. Who would it be? I personally have it as Dallas. I'd probably say Winnipeg. Yeah, I have Winnipeg three. I'd, I'd say Winnipeg at two. Uh, then. Hmm. Winnipeg at two. Maybe. No, not Nashville. I don't think Nashville at three. No. I, have Na- I have Nashville above Arizona at the bottom. I don't think they're see. Be. I think Arizona actually. No, I'm gonna say Arizona three. I'm really? gonna say Arizona three. I'm gonna say St. Louis at four. Go go back to Arizona there. What what's with that? Uh, because younger pieces, they got a lot of good young pieces on that team that are starting to reach their prime. Uh, they got pretty okay goaltending right now, and I think Jacob Chickren's gonna have an absolute career year. With Carter Hutton as the, the starting goalie. Carter Hutton was fine with us. Well, then he went to Buffalo. It's true, but everyone sucks in Buffalo. I think That's we've well true. established that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think Arizona's gonna gonna make a an appearance at number three. I, I think so. All right. They're gonna get uh, third in the division and also have eight draft picks in the first two rounds. That'd be one hope. Oh yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Louis Erickson's gonna have a career year. That's that's why, right there. <laughs> a Beagle. And Jay Beagle, of course, and Jay Beagle. Uh let's go Dallas at five. Who'd you have four? St. Louis. St. Louis. Uh Dallas at five. Let's go Chicago at six. And probably m- Minnesota at seven. Yeah, Nashville Minnesota at seven, and then it would be Nashville at eight. Yeah. Interesting. So you think Minnesota is going to be pretty bad? I do. Yeah. I, I'm not convinced that Kaprizov is going to sign with the Wild. So, it's and he was pretty much the only reason they were enough. anywhere. I'm pretty sure that they were, I'm pretty sure that they, <laughs> he was the only reason the, Wild or even anywhere close to where they were, you know. So I I, I don't think Minnesota's going to be that good. Yeah, yeah I'd we, put Minnesota down there. Yeah, their goaltending is going to be interesting. If Talbot and Kakinen are as good as they were last year, I think they'll be pretty decent. But my rundown, just real quick: Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota, St. Louis, Chicago, Nashville, Arizona. I th- I think Arizona is going to be competing with Buffalo again for, for Shane, right? Like they were with Connor McDavid <laughs> a few years ago, Probably. going back in time all the way to that. Yeah. Oh man. That'll be the day, won't it? Yeah. But it's going to be a pretty interesting race in the central division this season. Oh, yeah. 
I think. I mean, I've, I talked about all last episode, worst case scenarios. How did the Avalanche not finish first? I mean, there are some ways. If Kemper gets hurt, that I think that can open the door a bit. If scoring uh-huh. dries up, that could also do it too. I mean, there are ways we don't finish first. Doesn't believe doesn't mean I believe I think we won't finish first. I think we're gonna have another very good season, but it's gonna be a fairly interesting race. And Chicago is gonna be a a wrench in that plans if Flurry is as good as he was in Vegas. I wouldn't count on it. I think me and you are I, both yeah. in that boat. I wouldn't count on it. I don't. I'm not counting on it either. But you never know. It's hockey things. Yeah. Happen. You never know. Let's mm-hmm. see. Yeah, that's. I. I think. Let's see. Who are the five bottom? We've talked about who the five top teams were. Who do you think the bottom five teams are going to be? In the central or the league? The league. Uh, the league. Buffalo and Arizona are going to be bottom two. You think Arizona's going to be that bad? I think they're. I think they're going to be very bad. I talked with the Corey and Richie, but the from Sporty and Corey and Richie, they don't think Arizona's going to be good at all. And they've got uh, 13 contracts expiring after this season. I mean, outside of Schultz and Keller, they don't think they really have many of their their younger guys. I mean, they've got some prospects coming up the wings that aren't going to be there quite yet. Uh-huh. I love Jacob Chikorin, but oh yeah, I forgot they don't have Connor Garland anymore. Yeah, he's gone. And Damn, I didn't even think about that. Outside of Chikorin, that their next best guy is Ilya Labushkin on defense and. <laughs> Having Carter Hutton and Joseph Coronar is not really a a tandem you're icing if you're trying all that hard to to win games. Coronar might be fine, but Hutton is yeah. just he is the quintessential tank goalie outside of that one year in St. Louis. But as for the other two, I mean Arizona, Buffalo, I really don't think Nashville is going to be any good. But actually, Anaheim is going to be third worst. Anaheim is going to stink this year. Yeah, Anna's, Anaheim's going to suck. Anaheim's going to be really bad. Columbus might be interesting to watch. I don't know if they're going to be terrible, but I think they will. I think yeah. I'd put Columbus. I'd put in them bottom bottom five. five. And San Jose, they they seem like they're lining up for another real bad year. I mean, there's just bad energy surrounding them. Oh, yeah. Already between the Evander Kane situation and maybe getting goaltending that isn't uh, Martin Jones will be better for them. But I think they're a bad team. But I wouldn't be surprised if Nashville's down there, too. I think they're going to fall off a cliff, honestly. I'm putting Ottawa and Edmonton and Montreal in the bottom 10 as well. Interesting. Edmonton is not going to be good. I, I think I, I that's, have a hard time believing that. Yeah. People talk about the Pacific. They're like, it's Vegas and Edmonton. And I've always been like, are you sure it's Edmonton? With <laughs> you're, you're positive there. Are you I mean, totally sure? I mean, they didn't change their goaltending at all. Montreal's going to suck even worse. I think yeah. Montreal's just going to be brutal. Yeah. It is going to be a, a long season for Montreal, I think. Caulfield would be fun to watch, but. Oh, yeah. And then, of, of course, Ottawa, the perennial disappointment. I, lo- I love their – who was it? The GM who said, we're turning a new leaf. Yes, you we're know, the Ottawa we're Senators, we're the now rebuild contenders. rebuild is over. That's what he said. Really? The rebuild really? is really? over. Really? Okay. Right. I, I don't think they're going to be terrible. I think they were oh, – I think they will. They were decent down the stretch last year, granted, against Canadian teams. But yes, I don't think they're going to be bottom – five bad i think they're going to be a team that you have you have to work against to beat them but if you work to beat them you will yes so gonna be a fun season all together 
The Blues are going to be an interesting team to watch. Plenty of wild cards for them to see. Oh, yeah. The season plays out. But Mason, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Ooh, I know yeah. I've taken up enough of your time today, but if you want to take the time now to plug your channel, your podcast, everything that you've been working on, feel free to go right ahead. Oh no, this was, this was a blast. You're not taking up any of my time. I, I have nothing to do, you know, <laughs> so I, I'm pretty bored today. I actually woke up uh, two days ago with a little bit of a cold. So I'm a little, I'm still a little under the weather here. So that's probably why my voice is so nasally for everybody, but uh, no, I just have my classic channel blues fan reacts. So you can follow me on Twitter. Just have blues fan reacts. Uh, I, I scream a lot about the blues. That's pretty much all I do. Uh, and then I'm also on Toasted St. Louis. Uh, unfortunately, my co-hosts couldn't be here. They wanted to, but everybody just has such conflicting schedules. So, uh, yeah, me, Tom, Wag, Scott, uh, we all break down everything in uh, St. Louis coverage, not just hockey, but, you know, around, you know, all the professional sports. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, give them a follow at Toasted St. Louis. We got some merch coming out soon. I got some merch coming out soon. Hopefully, uh, hopefully those turn out good. I'm just waiting to hear back from, uh, from the guys. And, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully I see you guys around. Definitely uh, thank you guys uh, so much for supporting me and uh, Griffin over here. We really appreciate it. So, Yeah, well, Mason, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. And for everyone that doesn't know that the Toasted St. Louis pod was formerly the Blue Notes pod that I was on yes. at several points earlier in the season. So if you're recognizing the names here, that's because they are the same names. These are the same yes. guys. So same just went a little bit of a rebrand. But again, Mason, thank you so much for coming on and best of luck during the regular season. Thanks so much. And that was my conversation with Mason Blues Fan Reacts of the Toasted St. Louis podcast. This was a really, really fun conversation. One that, to me, felt like we only talked for about 30, 45 minutes. And when I actually went back and listened to it, I was like, oh my God, we went well over an hour with this one. That's how you know you just had a real good conversation. But yeah, just a blast to talk to Mason and get his perspective on the Blues and everything that's coming up with them this season. We're going to be seeing them twice right off the bat. They're our second game of the season. We're their season opener. And then a little under two weeks later, we're heading to St. Louis to play them on the road. So we're getting half of our season series right out of the way in our first, what, seven games of the year. And we don't see them again until... Uh, I don't even know when we see them next. Not for the rest of 2021, at least. I think I know that much. Probably not until much later in the season. Not at, not until after the Olympic break. Not in March. April? April 26th is the last one we see. And I definitely missed one. So there's one game in St. Louis that we're playing against them that I am just completely not seeing. But... Our final game against them will be one of our last games of the season in April, and I definitely just skipped right over one. But nevertheless, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Blues this season. Thanks once again to Mason for coming on, and our next episode we'll be talking about the Avalanche's development and rookie camp that day one took place today on Sunday and anything else that comes up over the next couple of days. I'm, I'm telling you guys, we are getting there. Football, to me, marks like the first big milestone that we're getting close to hockey season. Today, for me, it is September 12th, a month and a day away from the opening of the regular season. That is closer than you think, by the way. By the time the preseason rolls around, you I'm telling you, you are going to be shocked at just how quickly hockey rolls around. And 
Also, enjoy this little break while it lasts, because like I was saying a couple episodes ago, you thought last year was compact. This year, it may not be as compact, but an 82-game season with the Olympics and bringing in Seattle as a new team, it's going to get a little hectic after a while. We're going to be going basically nonstop from October all the way until June. And yes, there's going to be a couple more days off in between, but buckle up. It is going to be one hell of an interesting season. And for if nothing else, because I do not have any predictions. I mean, I was doing the Central Division predictions with Mason, and I'm more confident about those than I am about really any other division, just because I've done the Central Division so closely over the last few weeks. I feel like I have a general idea but for the other three I have no clue and don't do not even bother asking me for a, a Stanley Cup prediction this year I've got legitimately nothing every year I have a team that I'm willing to stick with as my team it's been the lightning for the last several years last year I was all in on the abs and this year I'm still all in on the abs but obviously we're just, we're not the the abs the absolute juggernauts that we were we have some weaknesses and there's it's just gonna everything's gonna be so close this year and Last year, I was a little burnt out at the end of it, but I am fully looking forward to this season just because, like I've said probably a million times, we're not playing Arizona, San Jose, and LA eight times. Like, we're actually going to see other teams. We're going to play the Maple Leafs. We're going to play the Canadians. We're going to be out east and playing teams. Like, early in October, we're going to be taking a trip to the East Coast. We're going to be playing the Capitals. I'll probably be at that game. And then we're taking a trip down to Florida to play the Panthers and the Lightning. And then we play big games against Vegas. It's just so nice to see proper scheduling again. You guys have no idea how relieved I am to see that. But we'll get into all of that and more on Thursday's edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast. As for this edition, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have been your host, Griffin Youngs. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your hockey podcast from. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me personally at GYoungsNHL. If you want to follow the show, it is simply at Tell It Abs It Is. And that is going to do it for this episode. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I see the consistent listeners who tune in time after time again. I appreciate you all to death. Thank you once again, and I will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.